John 17. How many of y'all did your homework? <clears throat> boy, boy, boy. All right, on this side, how many did your homework? Anybody do your homework? How many of y'all have no clue what the homework was? <clears throat> how many of you raise your hand anyway? <clears throat> yeah, that's what I figure. That's what I figure. I guess I'm reaping what I sow when I come up through school. Amen. John 17, John 17. We, we, I asked you last week to read through uh, John 17, and we were going to study. Uh, you know, I, I asked you last week, if you'll remember, I said, uh, what is the Lord's Prayer? And y'all went to quoting, our Father, which art in heaven. And, and, and what did y'all hear? That is not the Lord's Prayer. The Lord never prayed that prayer. The Lord couldn't pray that prayer. Why? Isn't there somewhere in that verse where it says, forgive us our trespasses? Right? He had none. That is what he taught the disciples to pray. Well, in this chapter, we actually get to see the Lord's prayer. Many times through the Bible, you'll find him praying, but we never get to hear what he says. You know, he would get up a great while before day. There would be times he prayed all night long, and, but we never got to hear what he prayed. Well, this night, we're going to be able to hear, have an intimate audience in the prayer of our Lord Jesus Christ to the Father on our behalf. And all God's people say it. Let's look in chapter 17 and verse number 1. The Bible says, These words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy son, that thy son also may glorify thee. As thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. And now, O Father... Glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. I have manifested thy name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world. Thine they were, and thou gavest them me, and they have kept thy word. Now they have known that all things whatsoever thou hast given her me are of thee. For I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me, and they have received them. And have known surely that I came out from thee... And they have believed that thou didst send me. I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me. For they are thine, and mine are thine, and thine are mine. And I am glorified in them. And now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world. And I come to thee, Holy Father, keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me I have kept, and none of them is lost, but the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. And now come I to thee, and these things I speak in the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them thy word, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but thou shouldest keep them from the evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. As thou hast sent me into the world, 
Even so have I also sent them into the world. And for their sakes I sanctify myself, and they also might be sanctified, or that they also might be sanctified through the truth. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word, that they all may be one, as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. And the glory which thou gavest me I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one. I in them and thou in me, and that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that thou hast sent me and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. Father, I will that they also whom thou hast given me be, where, be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which thou hast given me. For thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, the world hath not known thee, but I have known thee. And these have known that thou hast sent me, and I have declared unto them thy name, and will declare it, that the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them, and I in them. Father, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for the opportunity we have tonight to study it. Thank you for the truth that's there. And thank you for the encouragement that it gives us, Lord. Thank you for the knowledge that we have that you are praying for us, that you are interceding, you are our mediator, you're our advocate, you're our, our high priest in heaven. Now, God, help me tonight. I can't do this without you. I have the stuff, I have the information, I have the outline, but now I'm asking for your unction. I pray the Holy Spirit will touch my mind, touch my heart. Lord, I pray that you'll allow me to be filled with the Holy Spirit and bring this lesson uh, Lord, to their ears, so that every ear can hear and comprehend everything that I say. Don't let me say something I shouldn't. And Lord, don't let me forget something I should. And Lord, we'll thank you and praise you and give you glory and honor and praise for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. For the sake of those who may be here tonight for the first time on Wednesday night, uh, we are going through the book of John, and, and we just happen to be in the, the section of John where Jesus is in his last days. He's in his, actually, he's, he's in his last hours. Uh, we have gone from the upper room uh, in the beginning of this section that we began preaching on several weeks ago. We've gone from the upper room. Uh, Jesus has revealed the traitor. He has revealed the fact that he's going to die and be crucified. This has upset the disciples greatly. The Bible says that their hearts were filled with sorrow so that he would tell them, let not your heart be troubled. troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me, in my Father's house. What does he do? He turns around and tries to, and now think about this. He is going to the cross. He's going to be crucified. He's hours away from being brutalized. He's hours away from being uh, 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 demoralized. He's hours away from being lied upon, his beard being plucked out, people spitting in his face, beating on him and crucifying him on a cross. Yet he is spending his time trying to lift them up and encourage them. He is telling them everything's going to be all right. He's telling them that for a little while, you're not going to see me. But then in a little while, you will see me. I will rise again. Don't let this bug you. Don't let this stress you out. Everything's going to be all right. And so 
now we find that not only has he spent his time here encouraging them and, and strengthening them and trying to build their faith and trying to, trying to restore and help them get to a place that they need to be. Here we find in chapter number 17, he starts praying for them. We see this is the Lord's prayer, the true, the real, the, the, the legitimate Lord's prayer. Some commentaries, some commentaries describe this particular chapter as probably one of the most holy in the Bible, one of the most intimate in the Bible. You see, there's many places that we find that Jesus prayed for somebody or he prayed, spent the time in prayer, as I said earlier, but we don't, we don't, we don't get to hear what it was. We don't get to read what he said, but here is the, really the only instance, if we, you know, if we want to be specific, this is the only instance where we get to hear the words that Jesus uses and what he says and the content of his prayer when he prays. Now, there's a transition happening. There's a transition happening. The, the, the intro is kind of, it's not lengthy, but it's important. And I, I need to get that before we get to the outline, okay? How many of y'all know that Jesus has a role that he is, he is occupying right now in heaven for you? We always talk about Jesus died for us, but do you know he's living for you? Do you know he's living? He is at the right hand of the Father, and he is interceding on our behalf. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. Now watch. Let's look at this. Let's look at the verses I gave you. Look at the verses, and then we'll go back up to the, to the intro uh, comments there at the top. Hebrews 4.14 says this, Seeing then that we have a great what? Underline that, underline that. That's the role he's playing. That is the job he has right now. He is your high priest. You say, what is a high priest? He's the one who went to God. He's the, he's the connection. He's the one that speaks to the people for God and the one that speaks to God for the people. Are y'all with me? He's the connection. He's the high priest. In the Old Testament, there was a high priest, and he had to be of a special bloodline. He had to be of a special person, and he could only go into the presence of God once a year on the Day of Atonement. But now, he is that high priest. He is our connection. He is our mediator. He is the one that talks to God on our behalf, and he is the one that we can go to to go to God. Somebody say amen. And he talks to us on God's behalf. Now, he's our high priest. Now watch this. Watch this. Seeing then we have a great high priest, and he's a great one. Amen? That is passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God. So he identifies this person as Jesus the Son of God. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. In other words, not only is he our high priest, he gets us. He gets us. He understands he feels what we feel. He's experienced what we've experienced. He's been tempted in all forms and in, in, in all manners as we have been. Somebody say amen. amen. So not only do we, you know, it's one thing. It's one thing to have somebody on your behalf. But it's a per, another thing to have somebody that gets you. And it understands. And he feels and he knows. And he has all of these things going for him and for us. Hebrews 9, 24. For Christ has not entered into the holy place made with hands, which are the figures of the true, but into heaven itself. Now, what? To appear in the, the presence of God. What does it say? For us. For us. Now watch this. Romans 8, 34. What's he doing there? He's our high priest. 
He's in the presence of God for us. Romans 8, 34. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died. Who is it? Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again. Who is even at the right hand of God. What's he doing there? Who also maketh intercession, intercession for you. He's our great high priest. He's in the presence of God. He's making intercession for you. He is on your behalf talking to his Father for you. Say amen. amen. Watch this. This is great. Hebrews 7, 25. Wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him. Why? Seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. 1 Timothy 2, 5. For there is one God and one mediator. mediator. That's a go-between. Everybody knows what a mediator is. He's a a go-between. He's the one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Now, the only time you can ever say, the only time you can ever say in a respectful way, the man upstairs, you got to be talking about that. Because you have a man upstairs. Now think about this. He's the only one in glory right now in a human body. Anyway, chew on that a while. He's um, the man, the man Christ Jesus. 1 John 2, 1. My little children, these things write I unto you, that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. So, he's our high priest, he's our mediator, he's our advocate. He's in the presence of God as we speak right now, making intercession for us. You say, I don't know, what what does that mean, making intercession? He's praying for you. Interceding means going to God on your behalf. What happens? Sometimes we don't have a lot of pull and we don't have a lot of power with people here. So what do you do? You go to somebody who has more pull and more power to you to go on your That's what he's doing. That's what he's doing. Now, all that's important to know going into this chapter because a transition has taken place. Really, really, it doesn't begin at the cross and it doesn't necessarily begin right here at this prayer. It really began in the upper room. Now, preacher, what are you saying? He is our high priest. We see that over and over and over, right? Right? Stay with me, guys. I know this is just, just stay with me. I promise you it's going to make sense and it's going, it's going to be good, all right? So if you get a little sleepy, pinch yourself. Pinch yourself. Stand up. Stand up for Jesus. Amen. If you have to, whatever you got to do, stay awake, stay awake. All right? He's our high priest. Let's go back to the Old Testament. How did the high priest operate? How did the high priest operate? Now, watch this. Remember this. Let me give you a little heads up going into this chapter. In this chapter, we find the Lord's Prayer. He prayed for three groups of people. Actually, three different, three different things. First, he prayed for himself. Secondly, he prayed for his disciples specifically. Thirdly, he prayed for all of the people who would believe the message of the disciples. That means the church. That means you and me. Are you all with me? So in the prayer, he prays first for himself. He prays second for his disciples. And he prays thirdly for all of the believers of all time and and, and basically the church. Does that make sense? Say amen. Amen. Now let's go back to the Old Testament. Let's go back to the Old Testament. If we go back to the Old Testament and we find the high priest, it's the day of atonement. It is the day that the high priest would go into the actual presence of God on behalf of the people. Are y'all with me? He can only go one time a year. 
He could only go one time a year into the presence of God on behalf and bring the sin offering for the people to atone for the sins of, 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 of the nation of Israel. Are y'all with me so far? The first thing he did would wash and put on a clean linen garment. What did he do in the upper room? He took off his coat, girt himself with a towel, and are y'all with me? Do you see the connection? And now, here in the process of going from the upper room, possibly, possibly right outside the upper room, it could have been there, but it, we know it was before they crossed the Kidron Valley and the Brook Kidron, and I'm going to show you pictures of that while we were there uh, a couple months ago next, next week or next time we meet, whatever, when we meet again, say amen. <laughs> so now, before that happens, he begins to pray for him. Now watch what happens. When, when the high priest would go in on the Day of Atonement, and he is the, he is the mediator, he is the go-between, he was the one that go to the Father for the people, the first thing he would do is pray for himself. He would pray for his own self to get his own self right. Then he would pray for the sons of Aaron. That would be the priesthood, basically the clergy, the preachers, or if we're going to get technical in the New Testament, the disciples. What did Jesus do? The very first thing he did, he prayed for himself. What's the second thing he did? He prayed specifically for his disciples. And then what would the high priest do? And then he would pray for everybody else. What did Jesus do? He prayed for himself first. Secondly, he prayed for his disciples. That would be, if you want to you know, compare this, it would be like the clergy, the priesthood. Then he prayed for everybody else. What is this a clear non-negotiable, no question about it. What is this showing? That Jesus is our great high priest who is interceding on our behalf. Say amen. amen. Now, now that we got that out of the way, now we can agree that's who he is, right? We can agree that that is the function that he is performing as we speak right now. He is living. He didn't just die for us. He's living on our, our behalf in the presence of God, praying for us, praying for you, praying for me. But what does he pray? What does he pray? Watch this. Let's go to our notes. Let's go to our notes. Number one. <clears throat> Number one. And we'll just go verse by verse. This just lines right up. This is great. This is a great way to study the Bible. Amen. <clears throat> Let me say it one more time. This is a great way to study the Bible. Amen? Amen. All right. That's much better. Much better. All right. He prays for himself. Verses 1 through 5. Verses 1 through 5. Let's read through them, and then we'll come back and go over them. These words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Now think about this. <clears throat> think about this. How many times did we find, you that's been in this thing from the beginning, from the beginning of John, how many times did we see over and over and over again, mine hour is not come? Let me give you an illustration. You remember, you remember when, it, uh, 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 when, his, when his mama came and said, hey, we have no wine. What did he say? Woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not, mine hour is not come. Now, and then we see that over and over in the book of John. What is he saying? I'm on a divine timetable. Now, what is he saying? It's, it's time. Now, what was the hour? What was the significant hour? Now, we know, we know that this hour, going back a couple chapters, because he says, mine hour has come. 
That, 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 remember when he dismissed Judas? Remember that? When he dismissed Judas, he said, Now will the Son of Man be glorified. And then he began to talk about the cross. So we know ultimately the hour, the hour is specifically talking about the cross. It is the main event. It is the reason that he came. It was the purpose of his existence. For this cause came I into the world. For this reason was I born. You remember Pilate was trying to get some, get some uh, uh, information from him and say, look, man, I can set you free. I've got power over you. He said, you, have power. you don't have no power over me. I was born for this. For this reason, for this cause came I into this world. So we know that hour was, was the cross. The cross was pivotal from eternity past and eternity future. Everything was about the cross. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. So the hour has now come. It is time. Then it says this. It says, glorify thy son that thy son also may glorify thee. Now I want you to write this down. A, there is... There is a reciprocation. A reciprocation. The word reciprocation means, I put it there in your notes, an exchanging of acts. An exchanging of acts. One did one, one did something for the one, and the one did something for the other. Watch what his prayer is. Watch what his prayer is. Glorify me that I may glorify. Are y'all with me? What did he do? What did he do his whole time in his whole existence on this earth? He always did the will of his father. He always did what was necessary to bring glory to the father. Now, now, now th- th- stay with me. Stay with me because I got all this information in my head and I'm trying right now to figure out how to get it out and you know and understand what I'm saying. Are y'all with me? Usually I got all the ingredients out and on the baking sheet, but some, for some reason I feel like there's still some in the bowl. Amen? <laughs> Here's the deal. In what, way, in what way was Jesus going to be glorified? In what way was Jesus going to be glorified? Now let's, let's, let's be unspiritual for a minute. Let's try to think in carnal terms or regular terms so we, we understand what this means. So everybody in here understands what's it mean to be glorified? But bringing glory to somebody, it, it means you're making them look good. It means you're bragging on them. You're magnifying them. What, what, what you're talking about then. Y'all with me? When, when, when a player, when a player like scores a bunch of points in a game and they, they just talk about him and say he did this and he did that. And what's he doing? They're magnifying. They're exalting him. They're, they're glorifying him. They're making him look. Okay? So we know, we know the act that glorified Jesus and Jesus is asking for it. He's saying, bring this to pass, is the cross. Is the cross. And you say, preacher, how is that glorifying him? From man's point of view, it's not. From man's point of view, it's, it's, it's nasty. From man's point of view, it's awful. From man's point of view, that's why the cross is a stumbling block to many. To man's point of view, he died between two thieves. 
He died like a common criminal. He was butchered like an animal. But in God's eyes, listen, it brought glory to him. Why? Because over every single week, there are millions and millions of people all over this planet that are singing, I'm redeemed by love divine. Glory, glory, Christ is mine. Millions and millions of people are singing, amazing grace, how sweet the sound has saved a wretch like me. Millions and millions and millions of people are singing, what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, say amen. And we bring glory and honor to him. Why? We know that there was a time in our life where Jesus took our black sin and dipped it in red blood and it came out white as snow. There was a time in our life that everything we ever did, everything we ever were, he forgave it forever because of the cross. And he said, let this be. Glorify me now. If I be lifted up, if I be lifted up, I can't help. I'm telling you, I can't help but be excited about this. And I can't help but think of standing in the parking lot in Israel, up on the place where they had the Sermon on the Mount. And I was standing in the parking lot. Everybody's there checking out everything. And I'm looking in the windows of the buses. Because in every single, the, the, the wind, not the window, but the, what is that? The windshield. Because in the windshield of every single bus gave the flag of the nation that, where the, that was riding on the bus. Yeah. Are y'all with me? Yeah. There was Africans in that parking lot. There was Asians in that parking lot. Man, some of the sweetest singing I ever, I ever heard was there on the Mediterranean Sea. At that place where King Herod's palace was in that little hippodrome, there was some Korean people in there, about 50 or 60, singing, How Great Thou Art. And I'm telling you, it was the sweetest thing you ever heard. And listen, there was Mexicans in that bus. There was Chinese people in them buses. There was Russian people in them buses. There was American people in there. There was people from Canada. I can't even remember all of the flags. You know what that proved to me? If I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me you know what they were doing there's Chinese people crying there's American people crying there was people from all nations and all tongues and all peoples was surrounding in that one little bitty old place Israel's not even the size of New Jersey but we had all come together why to glorify the sun and that's what he was asking for he said father glorify me And it would be through the cross. Now I know what you're thinking. Well, how is that going to glorify the Father? How is it reciprocated? (laughs) Woo. Because redemption was the Father's idea. What is the most well-known verse in all the Bible? For God so loved the world that he... Are y'all with me? What's Jesus saying? They're going to love you. And they're going to pray to you. And they're going to worship you. And every time they get up, they're going to say, Our Father, which art in heaven... Hallowed be thy name. Why? 
Because redemption was the Father's idea. And Jesus is saying, if you will glorify me, in other words, if you'll lift me up on that cross for eternity, there will be men and women all over this world in love thanking you and praising you and glorifying you for saving them for the sake of his son. Let me tell you something. Let me just say this. This ain't part of it, but I'm going to throw it in. I'm going to charge you nothing for it. God didn't save you because you're good. God didn't save you because you deserve it. God didn't even save you because you asked for it. God saved you because of his son. Anyway, that's something else that you own. But we see this was reciprocation. In his prayer, he's saying, and by the way, watch this. Do you see the unbelievable purity in the unselfishness of the Godhead? Glorify me. What was his motivation for being glorified? So that I can glorify God. He said, answer my prayer. So I can bring glory to you. Now I want to ask you this. How many of y'all think Jesus got his prayers heard? This may teach us a great truth. On why we might not be getting ours heard. What does James say? We pray to fulfill our own lusts. When's the last time you prayed that God would do something for you. Or give you something so you could bring him glory. Wow. That helped me. We see a reciprocation. The Father glorifies the Son. Then the Son turns around and glorifies the Father. We see a revelation. We see a reciprocation in verse 1. And then verse 2 and 3 we see a revelation. What does he say? As thou hast given power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this, then he gives you the definition of eternal life. Now, here's what we think. When we hear the word eternal life, that means I'm going to live after I die, right? That's not eternal life. Is this going in and out? We good? Okay. Listen, that's what we think. What is eternal life? Oh, I get to go to heaven. What's eternal life? Oh, man, I got a mansion waiting on me. What's eternal life? Well, I've got an inheritance. What's eternal life? Oh, I'm going to get to see my loved ones that's died before I get there. That's what we think, right? Come on, let's don't be all spiritual on me now. Take your halos down. I know who I'm preaching to. Isn't that what we think about? But let me tell you what Jesus says. He says, let me tell you what eternal life really is. He says, this is life eternal. That they might know thee. That they might know who? It's all the ones that he's given power to have it. It's all the saved. It's all the redeemed. It's all the converted. He said, let me tell you the best thing about this deal is you get to know God. Not know about God, but know him. Intimately know him. Him intimately know you. To have a relationship. 
Has it dawned on you? Has it, has it crossed your mind that when you wake up in the morning, you, you have an opportunity to actually talk one-on-one and him talk back to you to the one who said, let it be, and it was everything. The God who created everything we have a personal relationship with. Let me give you a verse. I love this. I love this. This stood out. Jeremiah 9, 23. Look at your notes. Thus saith the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither let the mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches, but let him that glorieth glory in this. Read it with me. That he understandeth and... Have you ever just stopped a minute and had a party because you know God? Now, there's some people, there may be celebrities you know. Have you ever, have you ever seen on Facebook somebody run into somebody in a restaurant and get their picture taken and they was all jacked up about it? I, I, got, I got my picture taken with a Florida Gator recruit. I was so excited, I put it on Facebook. He may never start one game, but I got my picture taken with him. <clears throat> if he makes it to the NFL, I'll make copies and hand them out. Say amen. <laughs> and say, I know Antonio Lamb. Say amen. amen. Now listen, have you ever just got excited that you know God? God. He said, this is eternal life. This is life. Real living is not having money. It's not having might. It's not having wisdom. Real living is that you know God. He is saying, I'm giving them the opportunity to know God. Are y'all with me? All right. So y'all like that one so much. Let's go to the third one. There's a reciprocation. There's a revelation. This is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. Now watch what he says in verse 4. He gives a report in verse 4. A report. He says, Father, I have glorified thee on the earth. I've made you look good. I've did your bidding. I've did your work. I've finished the work which thou gavest me to do. So he reports in. It's, it's like a, a man who's been sent on an errand. And that's basically what Jesus did. You remember when he was, remember when he was in, the, in the, uh, the temple confounding the wise, answering questions and asking questions? You remember when his parents left him behind? And then they came back and he was all upset about it. And he said, what's, what's the problem? What's the problem? He said, wish you not that I must be about my father's. He's saying, I got a job to do. I'm not here just wasting time. I've got a mission. I'm on an errand. And so now he's completed it and he's coming back to the Father to report. He's saying, I finished the work. Now, what is the work? There are several things I wrote down here. Just write it down real quick and we'll hurry. First was the message he proclaimed Jesus proclaimed a message of salvation, right? What did he say? I'm not come into this world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. For God so loved the world that whosoever 
uh, believing in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So he proclaimed a message. That message was a message of salvation. Are y'all with me? So he preached salvation. He preached mercy. He preached grace. He preached love. He preached forgiveness. He preached repentance. So we see the message he proclaimed. Then look at this. The men he prepared. Or excuse me. Yes, the men he prepared. What did he do? While he was proclaiming the message of salvation and the message of God's love, he was preparing these men, these 11 men, to take that same message to the ends of the earth, to take that same message and proclaim the gospel to every creature. Now, how many of y'all know he did a good job? So how do you know he did a good job? You're here, ain't you? You know the reason you're here? Because those men went out and did what he trained them to do. Y'all with me? Good job, Jesus. So the, the message he proclaimed, the men he prepared, then write this down, the ministry he pursued, the ministry he pursued, what did he do? He healed lame legs and he healed blinded eyes and he healed sick people and he raised the dead. He ministered to the broken. He encouraged the weeping. Somebody say amen. amen. The ministry, the ministry he pursued. But then this is the number one. And matter of fact, underline it and put stars out beside it because this is the deal. The mission that he performed. Now, from this point on, the way he talks, the way he talks, he's talking futuristic. Okay? When he says, I've done it, he's, he's, he's speaking as if he's already died on the cross. And you'll see what I'm talking about in here in just a minute. So, he is saying, it's done. It's done. Now, we know ultimately, technically, when he said, it is finished on the cross... That's when it was finished. Y'all with me? But he is speaking as if it's already done. If that makes sense, say amen. amen. All right. So we see in his prayer for himself, there was a reciprocation. There was a revelation. There was a report. He says, Father, I finished the work which thou gavest me to do. Now watch this. This is really good. There was a request. There was a request. Verse 5. Now, Father, oh, Father. Glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. Has anybody got a 150 degrees outside? Ain't nobody going to have a jacket. Nobody got a jacket? Any jacket? Huh? You, Tiffany, let me, let me borrow it. That ain't going to make me look sissified, is it? All right. I mean, I'll just put it on, on the outside. All right. Oh, my goodness, that's going to be sissified. Oh, come on, man. All right. All right. Imagine this. Imagine this. Read the verse. Read the verse. He said, glorify me with the glory that I had before everything was. Right? How many of y'all know, how many of y'all know when he said, before Abraham was, I am? In other words, I existed before Abraham. They couldn't understand that. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? You're only 30-something years old. How can you? Right? Doesn't the Bible say in John, John 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In other words, before there was anything, there was Jesus. And he uses the word Word in John chapter number 1 
because that was the Greek understanding. That was the word that was you. Logos was the Greek understanding of that higher power. See, the Greeks believed that there was a higher power. They just didn't know who he was. Well, John was saying, let me tell you who he was. Jesus was before anything was. He was God. He is God. Say amen. Amen. And so this glory, this glory, he wore. He wore that glory, that cape of glory. That, that, and this will make sense. Now watch. What does it say? What does it say in Philippians? Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. He took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. So God, he, he never ceased to be God, but he voluntarily relinquished his right to the glory and the privileges of being God. And he took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of man. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the... But God hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should and every tongue confess that he is what? Lord. Lord, watch. Now what Jesus is asking for. He said, Father, that glory I had back there, give it back to me. That glory that I surrendered and I submitted and I willingly set aside, give me the glory that I had with you. Before time began. Because I finished what you sent me to do. Does that make sense? And guess what? The father did. Because see, the next time he comes, he's not going to come humbly in a manger. He's not going to come as a servant. He's not going to come, listen, In the way he came, he's going to come on a white horse with a crown in power and in glory. I'm preaching better than y'all shout. He says, give me the glory. He surrendered it. Now watch this. This is, you didn't have any. So he surrendered his. (laughs) So he could give you some. It's in there. I'm probably skipping ahead, but I'm feeling it right now. He said, I gave him glory. Do you know we get to participate in his glory? Because he was willing to give up what he so justly deserved. Now, now, now think about this intimate conversation. This is God the Son asking God the Father to give him back what was rightfully his. Church, say amen. amen. I might be wrinkling it up. I'll, I'll spread it out. 
All right. All right. Can't have no wrinkled glory. Say amen. All right. Watch this. Watch this. Having completed his work, Jesus looked past the cross and asked to be returned to the glory that he shared with the Father before the world began. Number two, he prayed for his disciples. First, he prays for himself. Then he prays for his disciples. This is really good. Oh, I got to hurry. Got to hurry. Got to hurry. When I seen this, man, I'm telling you, this is great. You see it in verse 6. You see it in verse 8. And you see it in verse 10. Watch what he says. He, 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 he moves in his prayer from praying for himself. Now he's praying for his 11. For those specific disciples. You remember how the high priest would pray in the Old Testament? First he would pray for himself. Then he would pray for the priesthood, right? He would pray for the sons of Aaron. Y'all with me? Yeah. All right. I ain't lost you, have it. Come on, stay with me. Now, now his, his prayer changes to his disciples. Now watch what he says. I have manifested thy name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world. Thine they were, and thou gavest me, and they have kept thy word. Now they have known that all things whatsoever thou hast given me are of thee. For I have given unto them the words which thou hast gave me, and they have received them, and have known surely that I came out from thee, and they have believed believed that thou didst send me. I pray for them, I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine, and mine are thine, and thine are mine. And I am glorified, I am glorified in them. In them. I, say it with me. I am glorified in them. in them. Now watch. In the end of verse 6, in the end of verse 8, in the end of verse 10. First I want you to see this. Think about this. The very first thing he said about his disciples. The very first thing he said about his disciples. Before he ever said their need, before he ever said their weaknesses, before he ever said their problems or their issues, the first part of his prayer for his disciples was a prayer of commendation. He says in verse 6, he says, listen, they have, they have uh, 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 look at what it says at the end. It says, they have kept thy word. What's he doing? He's bragging on them. Verse 8, he says, they've received it and believed it. Verse 10, and I am glorified in them. In other words, what he's saying, they are bringing glory to me. They believe the word, they received the word, they have kept the word, and they are bringing glory to me. Preacher, what are you saying? I am so glad that we have an intercessor in heaven. We have an advocate in heaven. We have a mediator in heaven who is bragging on us. Even if they're not worth... Now think about this. They're fixing to bug out on him. They're all fixing to leave. Every one of them. They're all fixing to run like scared rabbits. One's going to deny him three times and cuss. Does this encourage you? Y'all ain't getting it. As pitiful as we are, your advocate, he not only gets you, he's got you back. I hope y'all getting this. He brags on them. He says, let me tell you, Father. Let me tell you about this crew. You know, that one that just a few... Hours ago, they were 
arguing over who'd be the greatest? You know what that tells us? We're pitiful. But he's so awesome. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> I like it. <clears throat> it's a prayer of commendation. But then B, it's a prayer of concern. It's a prayer of concern. Now watch how, watch how this prayer goes. Watch how this prayer goes. He said, man, they, they, they've kept your word. They've received it and believed it. And man, they're glorifying me. He said, and now I am no more in the world. You remember what I said that he would be talking kind of prophetically like into the future? In other words, like it's already done. Because right now he's saying, I'm not in the world. But yeah, he was in the world. But he's talking as if this, is the, this event has already taken place. Calvary's already taking place. His, his resurrection is always, and his ascension's always to, already taking place. In other words, Basically, he's saying, I'm up there with you now, right? Watch, watch this, watch this. He says, and now I am no more in the world, but these, what the disciples, are in the world. And I come to thee. Watch, watch, watch the term he uses, holy father. Holy father. He's appealing to his holiness, right? Holy father, keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me that they may be one as we are. While I was with them in the world, I kept them, I kept them in thy name. And thou gavest me, or excuse me, those that thou gavest me I have kept. None of them is lost but the son of perdition that the scripture might be fulfilled. Here's the point. Judas was never saved. He was never a true believer. He was always a counterfeit. But the true believers, the true saved, the true people who put their faith in him, he lost none of them. Now here's the appeal. Here's the appeal. Here's the concern. He's concerned for their security. This is what he says. Now, now, now Dad, Father, now while I was here, I kept them. I kept them. The word kept means hold fast. It means to watch. It means to guard. And basically what he's saying, now while I was here on this earth, I took care of them. I watched over them. I guarded them. I provided for them. I guided them. I taught them. I kept them. When Satan desired to have Peter, y'all with me? I kept them. He said, but I'm fixing to leave. I'm fixing to go be where you are. I'm fixing to go be where you are. So, so, Father, you keep them. Now, think about this. He said, I lost none. Now, I'm turning them over to you. Now, here's the deal. For you that believe you can lose your salvation, <clears throat> he lost He said in another chapter, he said, I will in no wise cast out. He said, how, how can you lose something you're not keeping? You're not the keeper of your salvation. God the Father is. 
He's concerned about their security. So he says, Father, I kept them while I was here. Now I'm fixing to go be where you are. Now you keep them. You guard them. You hold them fast. Y'all with me? Watch this. He was concerned. This prayer was for their security. His prayer was for their joy. Their joy. Verse 13. Now come I to thee, and these things I speak in the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. That they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. You know what? I, th- I think sometimes, ooh, uh, I think sometimes we have this wrong image of Jesus. I think we have this image of Jesus walking around melancholy with a solemn face and serious all the time. But that's not the Jesus of the Bible. And I don't believe, I don't believe that's the way he wants us to be. For, for a long time, for a long time here recently, I, I struggled really bad. I, I was, just had a, a lot of things going on, a lot of stress going on, and, and, uh, and I was dealing with depression in a bad way. Everything was dark, everything was down, everything was negative, every, it just, just, I mean, it's just bad. Always waiting for the hammer to fall. What's the next thing going to be? Who else is going to be mad? Who's going to be disgruntled? What, what, you know, it, that was just your, your anticipation. It was never positive. And, and God's kind of helped me. We've got a doctor that's been working with me and doing just an, an unbelievable job. The staff's been incredible. And, and the other day, I was coming down the road, and it, and it didn't even dawn on me or, or, or it just didn't even realize it. I just caught myself singing. I mean, just riding down the road, there was a song playing on it, and I was singing away. And I'm telling you, I was getting with it too. <laughs> and then I thought a minute, when's the last time I done that? I was just singing because I had joy in my heart. And, I, I, and, I, and it just, I was like, wow. So I sang louder. <laughs> and that is what Jesus wants us to have. He doesn't want us going around in the mully grubs. He doesn't want us to go around, you know, you know, some of the people who think they're the most spiritual, look, they need Jesus. <laughs> I'm telling you, they think they got so many standards and so, bless God, I'm so righteous. And you will tell your face, man, because you don't look happy at all. I'm not, what did Jesus say? These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might be in you and your joy might be full. And now he's praying to the Father and said, God, make sure they're joyful. Why does he got, why is he concerned about that? Because right after that he says, they're going to hate them. Think about this. You're, you're living in a hateful world. And that hateful world has a, an awful way of rubbing off on us. Think about it. You go out into it every day. You go out into rudeness. You go out, you go out into a world that's, that's hateful. You go out into a world that's full of animosity. You go, out, you go out into a world that's full of disrespect and, and road rage and all this kind of stuff, and that stuff will get on you. But do you realize you've got an interceder? You've got someone interceding in heaven. You've got a mediator. You've got an advocate in glory that's praying for your joy. Anyway. We, we need 
some time. <clears throat> They're secure. Hurry, hurry. I got three minutes. I'm going to use every bit of it. <clears throat> he was concerned and his prayer was for their security. His prayer, that's verse 11, 12. Verse 13, their joy. Then their, their sanctification. <clears throat> their sanctification, 14 through 19. Let me give you the brief version so we can jump to that last one. Basically, he said this. Now, Lord, this world's terrible. This world's wicked. This world's crooked. He said, I'm not going to take them out of the world because the world won't be reached if I take all the salt out and all the light out. Y'all with me? He said, I'm not going to take them out of the world, but Father, I need you to keep the world out of... That's what sanctification means. It means set apart. It means separated. My, 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 daughter came through, my daughter came through the kitchen the other day and, 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 and she had one of them, one of them cups and, 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 you know, with souped up cooler cups and, 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 and it plainly said, it plainly said, I mean, it, anybody can read English said the Rev. <laughs> it is sanctified. It was given to me by two staff members and said, the Rev, that means the Rev lips is to be on this cup and no other. Y'all with me? Set apart, set apart. You know what? You're supposed to be set apart. You're not supposed to look like the world. You're not supposed to act like the world. You're not supposed to talk like the world. God says, I want you to be sanctified. How are you sanctified? Through thy word. What happens? Here's what sanctification is. Here's the process of sanctification. You get saved, bam, just like that. You're not in the process of getting saved. God is not saving you. You're either saved or you ain't. It's not good English, but you get it, right? But you're not. I, this, <laughs> oh, goodness. <clears throat> I'll never make it. Just, just hold on to my outlines. We'll come back to them. But don't, don't close your mind. Look at me. Look at me. Don't look at me. We ain't praying yet. <clears throat> Dr. Brown, Dr. Brown was in a Waffle House. Dr. Brown was in a Waffle House. He, he asked this waitress. He said, ma'am, he said, are you saved and a Christian? He said, Reverend, I'm saved and I'm trying to be Christian. <laughs> Can anybody relate to that? Here's what sanctification means. How many of y'all know that the moment you got saved, you wasn't completely sanctified. How many of y'all know some of you still ain't? <clears throat> let, me, let me change it. Some of us are still not. <laughs> Amen. We learned a song when I was a kid. He's still working on me. Right? To make me what I ought to be. Took him just a week to make the moon and the stars, the sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. How loving and patient he must be because he's still working on me. Watch this. Here's the process of sanctification. How does the process of sanctification work? What you're doing right now. Studying and reading the word. The more word gets into us, the more sanctified we're going to be. What does that mean in regular terms? What does that mean? Just generic talk. It means when we are in the process of sanctification, this is what takes place in our life. We will begin to hate sin more and we will begin to love Jesus more. That's it. Here's the deal. 
how many of y'all know this? How many of y'all know this? When you got saved, there was stuff you wasn't really against because you didn't know you needed to be against it. That you thought was okay? I, I, I've, seen, I've seen, now there's some stuff that's obvious that we know we're supposed to hate. We know. I, I've seen people, and, I, and I, my whole life, I've seen preachers just act crazy and foolish and, and, and jump down baby Christians' throats about maybe, maybe their, their attire, their, their, their dress was a little immodest or whatever. And, 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 and what they don't understand, they're not in the same place of sanctification as other people. But guess what? The more you stick in that word, you're going to see it. Nobody will have to tell you. Nobody will have to get on you. You know, we got, we, got, we got dress standards up in this choir. They don't always follow it. <clears throat> sometimes we have to help them. And sometimes it's been bad enough to say, you're going to have to sit out today. Because modesty is modesty. Now, sometimes some slip through the cracks and we go, oh, but you know what I found out? That the more somebody is reading and studying and learning God's word, you don't even have to tell them. You know why? Because slowly but surely, they begin to hate sin and love Jesus. And the more they love Jesus, the more they hate sin. And the more they hate sin, the more they love Jesus. And, 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 and this is the prayer. This is, what, this is what our advocate is praying. Father, sanctify them. Now, I'm going to save them. I need you to sanctify them. Now, how's the Father going to answer that prayer? Through His Word. Amen. It's a process of cleaning you up and separating you. Separating you to be only for the Master's use. Church, say amen. amen. I wanted to get to us, and we kind of did with the disciples, but there's some, there's some praying he did for you and me. And it's cool. Say amen. amen. We'll get that next week. We'll get that next week. All right, church, say amen. amen. How many of y'all enjoy Bible study? Amen. All right, how many of y'all going to do your homework next time? Knock it off, people. <laughs> how many of y'all going to do your homework next week? All right, all right. How are you going to do it if I ain't even told you what it is yet? All right, you're going to send me $20. <laughs> no, you done raise your hand. I'm kidding. Stand up. Everybody stand up. Let's pray. I done went over. Good gracious. <laughs> I owe you. <clears throat> I owe you. Yeah, story of my life. All right. Here we go. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so